0: I'm 25 years old, and a few weeks ago, for the first time in my life, I got stung by a bee. It's my fault I have a box full of thousands of them in my yard. Well, I'm a beekeeper, so the actual word we use isn't box, it's hive. I opened up the hive to inspect it, and as I was closing it, I crushed a bee. In defense, one of her sisters stung me. Luckily, I wasn't allergic. Now, I should explain for any non-beekeepers listening. A honeybee hive isn't a set-and-forget thing. You need to actively inspect it every few weeks to keep it alive. Otherwise you're what's known in the beekeeping community as a beehabber instead of a beekeeper. But even diligent beekeepers can lose their hives. Last year, 44% of honeybee colonies died. Imagine if this stat were, say, about cattle farmers, and they said nearly half of all their cows were dying over the winter. Farmers would go outside in the spring and just see piles of dead cows or all their cows disappeared. Well, that's what's happening with bees. You've probably heard about this. Maybe you don't know all the details, neither do I, but at the very least, you've heard someone say we need to save the bees. Well, save them from what exactly? My name's Alfredo Solkeld, and this is Behind the Veil, a show about a first-year beekeeper trying to answer the questions, what's killing bees, and who's doing something about it? Each episode of Behind the Veil tells the story of a researcher, entrepreneur, or enthusiast trying to preserve the world's most important pollinator. On today's episode, Justin Manus, an entrepreneur who's creating the Netflix of bees, if you will. You pay a monthly subscription, and he keeps bees in your yard. Before we get into this conversation with Justin, I want to be 100% transparent. We work together. He's my beekeeping mentor. I help with his website and other marketing stuff. But before you click off and get mad that this is sponsored content, I'll be frank, I don't get paid for this, not yet at least, Justin's startup as well, starting up. This is generally just me learning about bees by talking to people who know about bees. So on to Justin. His story begins at a commercial apiary. That's the term used for large bee farms. It was Justin's first job out of college he was a research technician studying the effect of pesticides. And his mentor was a researcher named Marcus.
1: So he, like, the way, the reason I say he was an asshole is because he threw me straight into the bees head first. And, like, I had no idea what I was doing. I think my first experience was going out to see, like, an apiary of, like, 10 hives. And he was, like, feed them. And I was like, okay. So we had this like huge tank of sugar water and like hose. And I had to like pop all the tops and like fill up their feeders. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know how to light a smoker. And so I'm like going into them and they are like tearing me up. Like I have no idea how to even use my hive tool or my smoker. And so that was probably one of my first experiences. Oh man, it was rough. I was like, why, why did I join this team? These, these bees are, they, they hurt. I think I think this is just Marcus's way. You know, he was like, throw you in there. Let me see if you can handle the fire. And then if you're worthy, I'll teach you. Justin
0: could handle the fire. After getting his fair share of stings, he landed a job with a company called B Downtown. They install and maintain hives at corporate offices. Think companies like Chick-fil-A, IBM, Delta. The companies do it because it's honestly a good look. Not only do they want to save the bees, but they also want to be a cool place to work. Bee Downtown offers hive tours for employees of these corporations. And the person running these tours? Justin.
1: I always talk talk with these folks, and they were always like, hey, can you bring, can you guys install a beehive in my backyard? Like, I would love something like this. You know, at the time, there wasn't like, it wasn't really anything like that going on here in the Triangle, and so I just continually kept hearing it, hearing it, and I recognized that there was this need for, just general folks out here in the neighborhoods around Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill. It's like there's a big opportunity there, where we can bring this in, and create a program that allows people to have this connection with bees without them necessarily having to take on the upfront costs or having them to learn how to take care of bees or have them fail at beekeeping the first year. We can, we can introduce them to bees and beekeeping in a very safe way um, that's fun and educational too.
0: And so he made it. It started with three people who had emailed him being interested And then he made a website, printed lawn signs, people read the lawn signs and started emailing him. Soon he found himself managing 60 colonies. That's millions of bees. I mean, Bass Company interviewed him last month. Real quick, if you're wondering what the business is called so you can Google it, it's... Actually, I'll let Justin tell you.
1: (laughs) The name, Buda Bee Apiary.
0: At this point, you may be thinking, really? People pay this guy every month to put a box full of flying insects in their yard. I asked him about it.
1: Especially stinging insects too. It's like, no, that that doesn't, no, that sounds dangerous. No, no, um, no it's an interesting thought. Um, so, I mean, most people are pretty cool and open-minded with it. I mean, they recognize that, that there's a huge value in bees today in the environment. Fortunately, there's been a lot of Write ups and research to get the word out that bees are important. So, a lot of that education we don't necessarily have to do. In terms of like the cost, you know, there's a big education gap in terms of how much it costs to beekeep. So, in regards to like paying us to do it, um, I've tried to explain to people that, you know, we do it in a way that's an affordable monthly fee instead of, you know, a lot of people who will start beekeeping on their own will end up having to pay like upwards of like over a thousand dollars just to get all the gear, all the equipment, and all the bees. I can confirm that this is
0: true. Beekeeping is not cheap. You have to buy a jacket, an hive tool, a bottom board, top cover, queen cage, queen excluder, smoker, super. The glossary goes on. By the way, Justin's a pretty passionate guy. He tends to talk with his hands and bring them on the table occasionally, so sorry about the noise
1: and then if your bees die the first year which is highly likely any year even your second third fourth fifth sixth year you've got to pay and replace the bees too not to mention the inputs like the feed and the medication and all the other things the time the knowledge the class that you have to pay for to take um you know there's a lot of expenses it's it's more or less an expensive hobby relative and so, for us, you know, the benefits are, yes, there's a monthly fee, but it's a manageable fee. You don't have to pay all that money up front. And the best part is is that, like, we put it there in your backyard and we take care of it. We do all the maintenance year-round. So, everything that needs to go into that hive, we take care of. We even harvest and extract the honey and give you back half of it. And every time we come up, you have this, again, living laboratory where you can come and join in and you can learn. So... What you'd have to figure what value you put on that. I think there's a huge value there. And I think we're bringing way more value than what the cost is. And I think that's that's what I would say about that. But for the folks who are like, you're bringing stinging insects into my yard? I'm like, yeah, and it's awesome. They're amazing. They're bees. You should see inside. Wait till I pull a frame out. You're going to be mind blown. Um, So, you know, that's, that's some of the ways I answer that question.
0: So the idea, the idea to make something fun and educational, it turned out to actually be profitable. Justin's customers stick around. Only two have canceled, one moved, and the other faced some financial trouble because of COVID. But I kept thinking, doesn't Justin get sick of this? Driving all day from home to home, opening up beehives? Does it get old?
1: No, no, never bored of doing inspections. And the, the reason is, is because Every, no matter how many years you've been doing it, it feels so magical. And it's always like you, a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to get when you go into a hive. And there's just so many things that can go right and so many things that can go wrong. And there's so many things to learn. I mean, some of the beekeepers and beekeeping inspectors here in the state um, I've talked to, even beekeepers who've been doing it for 40 years, they're just like, still haven't learned it all. you know. And that's the beauty of it. It continues challenging you. And it's always just mind-boggling when you go in there and you're learning something new.
0: Learning something new. This is what Justin thinks Buddha Bee Apiary can do to help. Help people learn something new. About bees, about what they can do for them. Not in a classroom, but at home. I asked, point blank, what's the point? I mean, this is a difficult business to expand. Can it really make a difference? What are you trying to do?
1: trying to make a small difference man (laughs) trying to make a small difference i think that um you know there's a few fronts that we try to make that small difference on you know one of those fronts is being bringing bees to urban areas um but then also just as if not more importantly you know creating this bridge and gap this experience that allows people to fall in love with bees and this opportunity for people to learn and educate themselves and what i like to say is you know you educate yourself you can become an educated advocate and go out and spread the word and teach other people and you know change your yard to a pollinator friendly yard or reduce the amount of chemicals you use in your own yard you know it's easy to get like all up in arms about like all the bad things that are happening in the world but I always try to tell people, you know, we've got this bubble around us that we live in day to day, and it includes all the things we do, think, say, and surround ourselves with. And if we just concentrate on changing that little bubble, then I think that that can make a big difference. We can't always go solve the biggest world problems, and, we, you know, it's not going to do us any good to stress about that. But if we just focus on this little bubble, and that little bubble might include bees, and I'm cool with that.
0: There's one thing Justin mentioned that I wasn't sure about. Bees in urban areas? I mean, is that good for them? I think about bees being happy in like a forest meadow. Do they really belong in cities?
1: Bees are going to have an abundance and a lack of forage no matter where they're located, whether or not it's out in rural areas or if it's in urban areas. You know, for instance, North Carolina. Peak of summer. heat setting in. There's going to be not a lot for them to eat that's just that's just the case but what's really interesting is this research I read about urban areas in that it says that the nectar sources and pollen sources too are actually not only more diverse in urban areas but they also last for longer periods of time and I've actually seen that in our hives so a honey flow will last longer than it would in a rural area. And a lot of times the rural areas, they're less diverse and they have shorter windows of bloom time. So if you're talking about like, can it be advantageous for bees? Heck yeah, it can be.
0: Let me backtrack a bit. I know I said Bee Apiary is the Netflix of bees, but that analogy only goes so far. It's only in one city though, Justin hopes to expand to more. And unlike the CEO of Netflix, Justin is no millionaire. Actually, he shared the numbers with me and he doesn't earn very much. He should probably charge more, but he's not in it for the money.
1: I always describe it as just this like, the experience I have in the hive is enough to explain why I love it. It's like when I go into a hive, it's like this literally like, this bubble around me forms and everything else goes into a blur. And when I'm in that hive, it's, It's my meditation time where I'm, it's me and the bees and we're connecting and we're talking to each other and I'm trying to understand what's going on in the hive. And I'm seeing what they're doing and I'm listening to them and I'm like recognizing there's an issue or is there a problem or this bee is showing signs of X, Y, Z or, you know, um, wow, this pollen is an amazing color. Man, the honey stores look amazing. Um, That brood pattern looks a little bit off. I wonder if there's something going on with the queen. these are the types of things that really just get me uh, excited but then also there's like that feeling like you were talking about walking on a tightrope when you're working with like thousands of stinging insects you know you've got to move your body and you've got to work in a way that is with that's agreeable to them so you know if you do one wrong thing it could turn out to be pretty you know they could sting you and that could hurt um So you're always trying to keep yourself calm, you're breathing even, you're trying not to drop stuff, you're trying not to bump stuff, but at the same time it's this good practice just to keep yourself, your energy, nice and calm and fluid, while at the same time having like thousands of insects that are hanging off of a frame that you're holding. Like, I don't know, there's just something about it that's just a really kind of centering experience. And I love that. It's not all this Zen
0: feeling. The work Justin's doing to bring bees to urban areas is important, but it brings me right back to the start. Bees are dying. And like a cattle farmer losing their cows, it can be really devastating. It's a horrible feeling walking up to a box that used to be full of life, and then it just has a pile of dead bees in front of it. This happened to Justin last winter to nearly 50% of his hives. I'm
1: trying to think of something that truly compares, like a a sinking in your heart feeling, like when you got an F on a test maybe, or like when you got dumped in high school. It's just like, you know, heartbreaking, you know, to see that in there. It's even worse if you find something that, you know, you as a beekeeper could have done differently. That's really tough. Um, if it's out of your hands, it's still heartbreaking, but maybe not so much. But if it was on your hands, you know, it's tough. It never gets easier, I'll tell you that. Um, you know, we probably manage about 60 colonies, which isn't huge, but you know, it's definitely beyond a backyard hobbyist. And I'll tell you, even at 60 colonies, like it's each one we treat like a baby and each one that we lose is like, it's a tough hit, man.
0: And as for the hosts, Voodoo Apiary replaces the hive and the process continues. After last winter, Justin started doing more rigorous testing for mites. Every inspection, he does a mite test and if necessary uses a chemical treatment to kill the mites.
1: I looked at it it in the beginning as this big failure to the host Um, and that's how I perceived it until I began to realize that this is just as much a, a, a teaching point as it is a hive succeeding through the winter. And so, although it was a low point, I've begun to realize the value there, um, to show people that like the save the bees and bees are at risk and bees are in danger and they've got a lot of challenges that they're facing. This is a direct experience that people can ingrain in themselves. They get so invested into a hive over the course of a year and then lose it in the winter. It's an important thing to experience, to recognize The challenges that bees are facing are real, and they're still here today, and they're probably not gonna go away anytime soon.
0: This mite that we keep talking about, its name is the Varroa Destructor. It's a huge problem across the world. Almost every country has them, except for Australia, by sheer luck. But even there, beekeepers are worried that the mite's gonna travel. So how has it become such a big issue? More on that on the next episode. I'll be talking to Gloria de Hoffman, a researcher at the USDA studying varroa mites. Behind the Veil is hosted by me, Alfredo Salkeld, and produced in partnership with Buda B. Apiary. Thank you, Justin, for letting me try this and sitting in the cold during our interview. If you enjoyed this show, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a very long way in helping us get discovered. Thanks again.